Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alstead, sitting down with Keith Myers. Unfortunately, we're here to talk about another loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road in overtime, 23-20. to 20. Keith, welcome into the show. Yeah, so another loss. Um, Seahawks fall to 2-4. and four. That is not a good thing. It's not where they wanted to be. And this was, th- this kind of felt must win. Uh, for this team because the wins without Russell Wilson are going to be hard to come by. And this was a game that was winnable. Uh, Next week's going to be rough. The week after that should be a win again. That's against uh, Jacksonville, but Jacksonville did uh, pick up a win this week uh, against Miami. So, you know, maybe they're starting to turn their season around. Yeah. They look good doing so too. Yeah. So, I mean, I look at, at, at this, if, the Seahawks needed that win against the 49ers to avoid having the season like fall off completely when it did. And they got it. Um, and now they are in desperate need of another win. And I don't know if it's going to come this week, but uh, going into that, uh, that bye week at three and five is that's going to be hard for them to come out of. Hopefully Wilson will be back after the bye week. It sounds like his recovery is going well ahead of schedule, but, Still, that's they're going to be way back in the standings. Yeah, you would have never have guessed that this would have been a must-win game in the first half. Um, let's see, I just didn't look like they came prepared at all to be competitive in this game in the first half, at least no. offensively. Defensively, actually, they kind of showed up in the first half, and um, they 
they just traded punts basically, you know, for most of the most of the first half, but they nonetheless fell behind 14 to nothing at halftime. And I thought, uh, well, you and I were t- trading text um, at the half that it was it was looking pretty dismal. <laughs> and it just mm-hmm. it was it was kind of crazy. And then they kind of came out. So I I guarantee there was some yelling going on in that uh, locker room at halftime because they came out and looked like a completely different team on offense. They looked like they had some urgency. They had some pride. Their running game, uh, Collins was able to run effectively and with some physicality that they had been missing, I think, all year. Uh, Even with Chris Carson healthy in here, there just wasn't that like really physical um, uh, imposing your will kind of mental aspect to the offense at all no identity no physical identity at all and at least they showed that in the it, even in just the third quarter uh it 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 failed to kind of carry forward after the third quarter in this game uh but they did enough in that third quarter to to make it a game mm-hmm. they even pulled ahead at, at at one point um and it was it wasn't the outcome, but it, 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 you left you with kind of a neutral feeling was like, well, it could have been worse. We didn't win, but they did just enough to maybe carry over some hope that maybe they could put it together at another time. And it just kind of kicks the can down the road a little bit for this team. But nonetheless, while there was some great individual performances, I think that we could point to, and we can talk about uh, during the show overall, though, it did kind of leave you with that well, we really needed that. And that was there for the taking and we didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Now what? Now what? Yeah. I mean, the offense, the offense had 68 yards at halftime and three first downs. That's it. 68 total yards, three first downs. They looked genuinely just out of sync, bad. Anemic. Like, yeah. I mean, it was just, there, there's not enough. There, there, there's a lot of adjectives that can work there. Um, and all of them seem to apply and none of them are good, but you're right. When they came out uh, in the second half and they, started running the football they were able to go down and get two two touchdowns um two very effective touchdown drives um alex collins like the guy had um you know 20 rushes for 101 yards i mean that it was that's that's incredible um just continued you know to, to to grind those yards out for all of that but the the steelers adjusted they took that that second safety that they had back to guard against Metcalf and they brought him up to the line of scrimmage. And with that extra, you know, guy in the box, it shut down the running game and the Seahawks had no answer because I mean, one, they couldn't pass block uh, a couple of guys. And so every time they tried to throw against those sets, uh, there wasn't a, you know, there just wasn't the ability to, you know, get the ball out. And then, I mean, Gino is a backup quarterback. He's not Russell Wilson. He's not going to hit that that you know deep deep shot to to Metcalf when you think he's about to get sacked. And uh, the CX needed one of those in this game, and especially you know after after Pittsburgh changed up their defense and what they were doing, they the CX needed the ability to exploit the hole that was created by that change, and they simply couldn't get it done. And, you know, Smith, um, you know, everyone wants to say, well, he did okay. Yeah, he did okay. Um, you know, in that third quarter, they were, they, 
they handed the ball off all but one play during that drive or two drives that they had there um, where they just really capitalized on the Steelers kind of falling asleep at the wheel a little bit. And Steelers came in with a really pretty decent um, defending the run game and overall defense is top 10. Um, and they were, you know, able to adjust in the fourth quarter and then in overtime. Um, but Geno Smith left the game 23 at 32, 209 yards passing. He had uh, that overtime fumble, obviously. Uh, the offensive line was fairly pathetic in the pass blocking game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Geno Smith took five sacks. Most of those were not on him. Most mm-hmm. of those came uh, because of the, the offense. They just, you know, they got to him within a couple seconds type of a thing. Uh, in addition to those five sacks, the offensive line uh, surrendered 10 tackles for loss. 10 tackles for loss. Um, that's more than I'm going to talk about a few players in a little bit. Um, four pass deflections uh, on the defensive line. I thought Gino was kind of side arming the ball a little bit, and that was kind of contributing to that. Um, and quite frankly, the Steelers were excellent at that. I just thought um, it was just one of those factors in the game that I think that if if somehow he is able to complete those passes and extend drives, this could be looking at a completely different game. So I thought their defense really did make the difference in this game, particularly the, the T.J. Watt uh, strip fumble at the end of the game to close it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, T.J. Watt was unblockable, or at least he was unblocked in this game. Like he... Uh, I didn't particularly care for his rough up of... of was it Collins or Dallas on that run play? It was, closer it, to was, the, it was Collins and where he's like punching him in the gut. Yeah, it was punched him in the gut and then tried to punch him with these overhand things. I was like, oh, dude, that's just not a good look. A like, and B, the, the punch to the gut thing. I get it. He was probably trying to come up with an upward thing for the ball, but that closed fist thing it just yeah it's not it's like the, the NFL needs to do something about that. I think I mean, yeah, you're, you're punching at the ball is fine, but you got to hit the ball or at least near the ball. He was just punching him in the gut, punching him in the shoulder. Um, it, it was, he didn't, it didn't even come close. To I mean, the they ball. did get the, the, the foul called on that, which was totally legitimate. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, I just thought it was kind of a weak thing for a player that really doesn't need to do that to be effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other notable play was uh, the pancake block by um so Marco Jones, which quite honestly was a foul, it wasn't called because um, he <laughs> oh, where he got him, him up into the the helmet. Yeah, he launched bit. into him with his helmet and just pancaked him backwards. Which, you know, at that point in the game, Watt had dominated so badly, and that was I, I that was came just, after the punching thing. And I was like, okay, yeah. you know, payback. <laughs> yeah, and so and he, and it was like, okay, it's good to see once, but it, it should have been a foul. But at the same time, like though, like that's like the one play where it felt like Seahawks blocked him um yeah, right and right you know, you know when it comes down to the like the final play where when, when uh gino fumbled the ball there was no help there was no attempt you had a bat going out on that side no rub nothing to slow him down um i just felt like there were points where the seahawks could have very easily given shell some help and chose not to like they there were some points where i think they, they they made it worse on themselves 
And I get they're just trying to get the ball out quick and have that be the answer, but it wasn't working. I mean, that's why they had five sacks. It would have been way more, but Gino actually did a pretty good job of getting the ball out quick in a lot of plays. So, yeah. All right. It's a thing. All right. For our podcast listeners, we're going to read an ad right now from DraftKings, our, our sponsor for the show. Another week of the NFL season means another shot to win big at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season longs with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving away to new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TPPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 and older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay. So conversely, though, on the defense, um, Roethler, Roethlisberger didn't have any, any sort mm-hmm. of things to have to work through. He just kind of went through his progressions, not sacked once, only took one quarterback hit, um, 29 of 40, 229 yards, one touchdown. He was unremarkable. Like most defenses, any any decent defense, I think we would have walked out of this with a win. The way that our offense came on in the second half, we couldn't get a stop after that, though. And that was that was it. Um, because their offense wasn't special. Um, they put together was... two, they put together two drives in the at the end of the second quarter to get that 14 point lead and they really didn't do much outside of that in the whole game. Um, yeah, just very kind of unremarkable as far as you know, uh, I I have been thinking this all year watching Roethlisberger play, I think he should have retired. And having seen him play against <laughs> what we know to be a pretty bad Seattle defense, he probably should have retired. So, yeah, Yeah. no, he's not taking him anywhere this year, but uh, you know, they beat, they beat the Seahawks Mm -hmm. Um, came into the the game two and three. Um, I read something on, um, on Twitter where Pete was kind of saying, Hey, we've made progress. You know, this is a, it's a good game to build on uh, because, um yeah Cause, well, cause for they, whatever reason they broke they broke the string of 450 uh yards surrendered right in, in every game so right yeah and it's just it's it is pathetic so what i was going to say earlier about uh the players i was going to talk about with regards to the 10 pressures and so forth carlos dunlap Kerry Hyder, and jamal adams combined for 24 sacks last year they have zero combined sacks after six games. The same group had 29 tackles for loss last year. Now, remember, I just said Pittsburgh had 10 in just this game. 
the same group has 29 tackles for loss last year. This year they have five, one third of the way through the season combined. Combined. And that's why the Seahawks are two and four. Essentially. Yeah. I mean, they we can't get to the quarterback. We can't put any pressure. We're not getting any Mm-mm. hits behind the line of scrimmage. Everything's coming. That's why Bobby Wagner leaves the game with 14 tackles. And those tackles are awesome, right? He's at least keeping us in games, but those all those tackles are coming behind the line of scrimmage, folks. Yeah. They're not, he's not getting up. He's not attacking downhill and making those tackles at the line of scrimmage or within a yard. He's making those tackles three, four yards downfield because right. that's where the play needs to be made. We need more disruption up front. We need guys that can get through and uh, create havoc, make run runners stop and, and, you know, cut back and, and cut back into tackles and, and just create havoc. And they're not doing it. They're not doing it against the run. They're not doing it. Um, and it's getting pressure on the quarterback. It's just, they're not getting it done. And that's, yeah. this was supposed to be the strength of the defense. Oh, and Pete, Pete was, you know, saying today in his press conference, Hey, um, you know, I thought our, our defense played better. We didn't allow nearly as many explosive plays as we did, you know, the week prior. And and for me, I'm thinking, awesome. We just went against a previously two and three team. We only allowed two explosive plays on the worst explosive play offense in the league and a, a 27th ranked overall offense. And mm-hmm. you're kind of offering up praise to your defense. Come on. Let's be real. Yeah. You're not fooling anybody with that. It is what it is. It's we're not good. We're just not on on defense. And this yeah. is one of those games where we thought that it would be great for the Seahawks to be able to get right. And if we allowed only two explosive plays, well, that's part of the the game. And I'll, I'll take that as kind of an advance, even though this is not a great offense that we faced. Um, but nonetheless, to get nothing, no pressures, no tackles behind the line of scrimmage on this team is just not acceptable mm-hmm. at all. Well, and the the one guy who was disruptive of, of the defensive lineman, the one guy that kind of lived in the backfield a little bit and, and got some pressure and did some things, left the game in the fourth quarter on a stretcher. Yeah, um, Daryl Taylor, thankfully. Flew back with the team. Uh, all his MRIs and CAT scans came back negative. Pete said that uh, it's not even a neck injury; it's more of a shoulder thing. Um, and it's it's you know fifty fifty right now whether he he starts the next game. So yeah. that's but great this, news, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's fantastic news. But I mean, basically, it's it's all on one player, and right. you know, Taylor's seemingly. There, there's there's some inconsistency in, in his game and he's making some mistakes here and there. But you got to remember, this is essentially his rookie year. And for defensive linemen, that big step comes after year one, typically. And so the, and this is essentially his rookie year because he didn't play a snap last year because of his leg injury. So um, they're getting a lot of uh, production out of him and Bobby Wagner. And who else up front? Three of the bottom five pro football focus players on the defensive line. Al Woods was the worst graded player on the defense at 44.5, followed by Brian Monet, followed by Alton Robinson at 49. 
Which is weird because Alton Robinson was great the first few games. Yeah. And then he had he just hasn't played well. Although Al Woods was great the first, you know, right. had, had had been doing really well and he has been falling off it, now. It so. makes you wonder if you know some of these guys are, are getting nicked up a little bit. Um it might be, or it's just it's the inconsistency of that particular scoring mechanism. Right. right. Exactly. Flaws so, but, in the way that it's done. Sure. Sure. It's it's difficult to know. It really is because so many things I think on the defensive side of the ball right now have gone wrong. There are some things to highlight though that that kind of went right in this game, um, particularly on a couple of different players. Um, Trey Brown came in after Sidney Jones left with an injury. And don't know, I don't have an update on Sidney Jones's nope. injury, but Trey unfortunately, Brown. Unfortunately, that is that Sidney Jones's pro career. Yes. Is that yeah, he comes, yes, he, he sure. plays, he shows, he flashes some, shows you that he might be a decent player and then gets hurt. And he's done that every year. And unfortunately, that's hopefully this is a minor thing and he's still back and he's not, this isn't going to continue that trend, but he's hurt. And, you know, we just have to, to worry about that. But you're right. Trey Brown came in. He played pretty well. Um, specifically, he made that stop. I believe it was an overtime. Uh, after the Seahawks had got the ball punted and given it to uh, the Steelers and uh, Roethlisberger completes that pass on third down mm-hmm. and it's, it's him and the receiver and only two yards to go. And he just squares him up that pop. You can hear as he hits him, drove nice. him back. That was textbook. Yes. Textbook. That play. was so encouraging. I was so happy. That was one of the, the highlights of the game for sure. It made me smile immediately because I knew that, that kid was going to be in the fold. And I, I remember last week we we talked and um we were talking about how we're gonna fix the defense. And <laughs> we just, you know, we kind of went round and round and and um we settled in on at least I did, letting the defensive backs kind of just be just let the defensive backs be and bring Jamal Adams up closer to the line of scrimmage. And sure enough, they kind of did that a little bit mm-hmm. in this game. Um, and Trey Brown came in and did actually pretty good. And you said, you know, if you're going to depend on Trey Brown, a rookie to come in in his first game and, and be good enough to be, to, to, to elevate the defense, then, you know, God help you or whatever you said. And I was like, it is what it is. Here's yeah. here's where we're at. Trey I mean, Browns might be our guy. Who knows? But he didn't. He I wouldn't say he elevated the defense. I, but he I did, know. But you know but what he I did. Mean. He did make a few plays. He he looked pretty sticky in coverage at times. He looked significantly better than he ever did when I um, saw him in training camp. Because I mean, he was hurt for part of it. But when he wasn't hurting out there, he kind of looked a little lost. So for yeah. him to get out there and really look good in his first action, at least uh, not but, look bad. When I thought he looked good, like, um, I was giving some credit. I wouldn't say not bad. I'd say I thought he looked good. Um, and that's, that's awesome. Coming from you. That is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, it's encouraging. It is. The other thing that was encouraging is you saw Jamal Adams spend most of the game up around the line of scrimmage. Yes. That's encouraging. And when he wasn't, we saw a ball bounce off his face. And what should have been a pick. Um, but yeah, and then the the other part that was encouraging is so when we were talking about fixing the defense, I said you, you want to keep two safeties back, 
then bring in Blair yes. and you, and play a big nickel with two, with two safeties back and um, Adams up. And I saw a lot of that in this game. Um, yeah. And that was encouraging just from a schematic pamp, uh, it, standpoint. It does seem like a roadmap forward. Yep. It, it's about putting guys in position to be successful and uh, getting Adams up around the line of scrimmage where he can be disruptive and be himself is how you make him successful. And if he's successful, the defense will be more successful. The other so thing I like that, it. The other thing that the defense was able to do in this game, starting with this game, was to move DJ Reed over to the right cornerback position where he seemed to be more of a natural fit now. He did go up against Deontay Johnson a few times, uh, Pittsburgh's most productive player in this game, totaling nine catches and 71 yards. But he didn't give up anything big. Um, they, they kept him fairly contained really i thought did a fairly decent job and i think that they've kind of found now a mix that might be working maybe i you know i think they need to stick with this sort of thing now for a mm -hmm. while and see if if it's kind of it works long term we'll we'll find out i don't think it's going to be good enough to go up against some of the really really good teams like the arizona t uh game coming up you know, in a few weeks is going to be a big test for this team. Um, I don't know that they're capable of hanging with that sort of a thing, but maybe New Orleans next week with Jameis Winston coming in. Um, that might be a, 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 to find out kind of where they're at, I think. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there is some reason to be encouraged, but I think part of the reason, like you got to be careful. This was one of the worst offenses in the NFL that they went up against. Mm -hmm. Where is their improvement? Yes. But they still, you know, they they were still gave up some stuff, and you know, but it gave them an opportunity to work some young guys in. Trey Brown got a chance to play. If Daryl Taylor is back and not going to miss a lot of time, that's really encouraging. You know, if they can get, um, you know, guys like Blair and uh, Ryan Neal on the field more, that would be outstanding. Right. I thought you know, I, saw, I thought Ryan Neal played okay too. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Neal has performed whenever he's been out there. He just isn't out there very often. The, the coaches are, you know, rolling with different guys on the field. Um, I think Ryan Neal needs to get more playing time, like more snaps. I think he's doing pretty well. Um, so a couple of things to pay attention to on offense. Um, Injury-wise is that Collins looked awesome, but he left early with a hip. That's why he wasn't in there in the fourth quarter in overtime. Mm -hmm. And it'll be interesting to monitor that. Coincidentally, Rashad Penny's uh, <laughs> back 100% at practice, and he's ready to go full speed, according to Pete Carroll. Mm -hmm. So we have Rod Rashad Penny at least for a game or however many plays he lasts until he goes down. Um, so that's encouraging. At least we have somebody. Um, I thought Dallas and Homer did an effective job in the roles that they played, though, in this offense. I, I thought Dallas, in particularly, looked really good returning the ball on kickoff returns and, and punt mm -hmm. returns. He's very effective that way. He just has no fear, and I think that's <laughs> that's like 90% of being a returner is that factor and just kind of shooting yourself straight up the gaps and stuff and just, you know, whatever comes. Yeah, comes. Dallas had... Dallas had three returns for 97 yards. So Isn't that a awesome? A 32.3 yard average. It was, it was just really interesting seeing him like continuously over the 35 yard line. 
um, uh-huh. on, on those returns. I just thought the consistency there is just remarkable um, and something we haven't seen for a few years. Well, since Lockett was returning, really. Um, the other one that I'm just not sure about is Damian Lewis. Um, according to Pete Carroll, he's got a sprained AC joint in his shoulder. And oh. if you're an offensive lineman, you've got a joint sprain in your shoulder. That's big news. And that could potentially keep him out for a while. Yeah. And I don't know what the status is or severity or the grade of that um, sprain. And we'll just have to wait and see. Um, Pete called him a warrior, and if he can play, he's can he can he's going to play. Um, but that doesn't really mean anything on Monday following a game. So we'll we'll see. We have to watch so that. is there anything else? Any other um, players you want to highlight before we we get out of this show? Well, I I do think that um, you know mentioning uh, Gerald Everett needs to be done. He came in blocked well um had three reception or sorry two receptions on three targets but he had that 41 yard reception Mm -hmm. where he uh fought through two tackles and got almost in the zone and and really looked like he was going to go down a couple of times but just the effort and the energy it was nice to see yeah he just got tripped up there at the five and almost stumbled in and just didn't quite get there um but that was that was a remarkable catch and run. I really uh-huh. did like that. It was nice to see him get involved. Um, I know he's been working really hard. It's been frustrating for him the last couple of weeks because of the COVID thing and all that kind of crap. But um, he was back out there for sure, and that was that was good to see. What do you what did you think about DK Metcalf? Kind of showed up in this game. I think more than even Tyler Lockett. Tyler, I think, had one or two catches. Well, he had, two or two or three, he had, but he had two receptions for thirty-five yards. Um, he was targeted seven times, but they had a hard time getting him the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a couple of of throws that were in the dirt, where if you know, get him anywhere close to on target, and he gets a a reception on a third down and and extends it. But you know, there's that. But um, Metcalf showed up. You know, seven targets, six receptions, fifty-eight yards. It's not yep. a huge. It's not a huge production when you got your backup quarterback who's not pushing the ball down yes, the field, and right. you're and you're the big play threat that goes down the field. It's hard to put up the stats you're used to. Yeah, he did have that fumble in overtime that almost cost them. Freddie Swain came in there and got that, ran the ball uh, over to where they they snap it so they could they could that get so, that thing down quickly. That was such a heads up like smart yeah. play and i don't even know what metcalf was thinking there they didn't really need that extra three or four yards that he was attempting to get um, no they needed him to get out of bounds yeah and save so the clock. i'm not sure what was going on there but uh, i know this notice that sterling sharp or shannon sharp excuse me was scolding him a little bit on uh twitter and uh, metcalf was very quick to fire back at uh mr sharp um really yeah, oh gosh, it was not good. It was not a good look for DK Metcalf. And um he needs to, I think it'd be wise for him to kind of not engage in stuff like that because it's especially just, not with a Hall of Famer. <laughs> not with a Hall of Famer. And I just think that it was it was not a great look for him. Um okay. So I think that's that's enough. Let's let's put this thing to bed. We've got another show coming up this week um where we're gonna kind of get into it a little bit about where where we're at. Um, with this two and four team and it is what it is so we'll just go go for it but for now follow keith on twitter 
at Myers NFL. I'm at MW Seahawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook. Seahawksplaybook.com is our website. And you can find us on your favorite podcast app platforms and YouTube. And make sure you subscribe. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Phil is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.